0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Thank you for tuning in, or you are listening, wherever you may be. We're so glad that you are listening. We appreciate that. We're going to be learning today uh, the second half of the 16th chapter of the book of Revelation. And I've entitled this message Armageddon and the Last Bowls. In this chapter, this is the first time and the last time that word, that name is mentioned, Armageddon. We'll learn what that's about hopefully today. This whole chapter 16 is going to tell us or it tells us what happens, what will happen in the future. It's all prophesied. It will be predicted. When seven angels will empty the bowls of God's wrath, this is the final uh, judgment on the earth during the tribulation period. Those Those bowls of wrath will contain plagues that are going to be poured out on this earth during the latter part of the seven-year tribulation period, the last three and a half years. As you know by now, the tribulation will last for seven years. Now, these events occur just before the return of Jesus Christ to defeat his enemies and to establish his 1,000-year rule and reign on planet Earth the millennium. So let's read chapter 16, reading from verse 10. Paul?
1: The end of the chapter. Yeah,
0: 16. Revelation
1: 16, 10 to 21. The fifth angel poured out yeah. his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons, performing miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that he may may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air And out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, it is done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge hailstones of about 100 pounds each fell upon men, and they cursed God on account of the plague of hail because the plague was so terrible. Word of the Lord. Thank you, Paul.
0: Thank you very much. All right, let's just uh, have a word of prayer before we study what this rest of the chapter means. Heavenly Father, again, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. and Help us to forget uh, anything that may be on our minds or on our hearts. And maybe just listen and to learn um, and to concentrate and not be distracted. Give us understanding of what we're about to hear and to be enlightened and to be open-minded and to be taught and to uh, praise you even more, the fact that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we won't have to go through these horrible things that will certainly and definitely befall those poor people that go through the future tribulation period. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When Jesus came the first time, he came as the saviour who was a servant who suffered and died on a cross that he was buried and he rose again from the dead. But he's coming again, he's coming again. And the second time he's coming, at his second coming, he's gonna come as the warrior king to defeat all of his enemies and destroy completely evil on this earth once and for all. At the war, not just the battle, but the war of Armageddon. The Bible teaches that the Antichrist, otherwise known as the beast, will one day unite the nations during the tribulation period. He's going to be a world dictator. And all those that have taken the mark of the beast and worship him, will join him along with his armies to do battle against the lord the battle of armageddon this is what verse 19 says 1919 chapter 1919 we'll get there eventually do 16 today it says i saw the beast who's the beast the antichrist the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him, capital H. Who's that? Jesus, who sat on the horse and against his army. Chapter 19, verse 19. Of course, uh, the Antichrist's boss is the devil, who since the dawn of time, has been using his wicked influence over unbelievers those who are not born again by faith second corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 describes satan lucifer the devil the dragon as the god small g of this world the god of this world Now, during the tribulation period, God allows the devil to rule. And he leads the evil trinity himself, the devil, the dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophet to do battle against the nation of Israel. And of course, they will lose. Anyone who sets themselves against the Lord will lose. He's never, he's never lost a battle yet, amen? And he never will. So, Armageddon. Let's take a closer look at what Armageddon is. What is Armageddon? Armageddon refers to the war between God and the forces of evil. Uh, the actual word Armageddon comes from the Hebrew word ha which means Mount Megiddo, which is the hill country surrounding the plain of Megiddo, 60 miles north of Jerusalem. The Battle of Armageddon occurs when demonic forces, influences, causes the kings of the earth, some of them, to align themselves with the Antichrist Gather these kings together in their armies on an all-out assault against the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Why? Because the devil has always hated Israel. Amen? Why? Because they're God's chosen people. They're God's chosen people. They, through them, that tribe, the Hebrews, God gave all the prophets. Through them, God gave the law, the Ten Commandments. Through them, he revealed himself to all the heathen nations on the face of the earth. And of course, through them, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, will come. And those that bless Israel will be blessed. And those that curse Israel will be cursed. Always remember that. Jesus was a Jew. Amen? In verse 14, the Apostle John saw, it says, three demon spirits, and it says they looked like frogs. They looked like frogs. He did. He, he, They're not frogs, they look like frogs. Coming out of the mouth of the dragon, who's that? The devil. Out of the mouth of the beast, who's that? The antichrist. Out of the mouth of the false prophet, the the evil trinity. Leading an army to do battle against the Lord. What's the battle? Armageddon. When the Lord returns, which he surely will. At the end of the great tribulation, everyone alive during that time period will see his return. Jesus said this himself. <clears throat> what did he say? Then will the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then will appear the sign of the of the Son of Man in heaven. Who's that? Jesus. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. You can read that. Matthew 24, 30, that's what Jesus says. Listen again to Revelation. We've already studied this in chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, to confirm, not that we need confirmation, because Jesus always told the truth. This is what the Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. This is confirmation of what Jesus said. So shall it be, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come. It's not come yet, but he will. The Lord Almighty. So, the Antichrist. And all the wicked forces of Satan, they're going to be defeated by the warrior king, Jesus Christ. Armageddon, not just a battle. Some scholars believe it's going to happen during the whole half of the last half of the seven year tribulation. It's not just a battle, it's going for three and a half years but it's gonna end before Jesus can return to set up his kingdom. The battle, let's say, or the War of Armageddon will be the largest, the bloodiest war in history. That's saying something. They talked about the First World War, didn't they? As the war to end all wars. When did it end? 1914. What happened in 1939? World War II. This is going to be World War Three. The war to end all wars. The bloodiest war in human history. And the birds of the air will feast on the flesh of those wicked dead. Those, the blood of the nations, the wicked nations, will flow, it tells us, and we've already studied this, In chapter 14, verse 20, their blood will flow as high as a horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood. (laughs) Listen to, we're going to get there eventually, to chapter 19, verses 7 and 18. Come and gather together. Remember the birds are going to eat the flesh of the wicked dead? After the battle, come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those that sit on them and the flesh of all people free and slave both small and great and we'll get more into the battle of Armageddon when we finally get to chapter 19 Lord willing so what's the purpose of Armageddon what's it all about well the tribulation period will be a time of divine testing and judgment for people on the earth that are left behind after the church is taken out and resurrected, otherwise known as the rapture. It's also a time of judgment to bring Israel back to God through believing faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Those that are saved, those Israelites, those Jews, that are saved during the tribulation period, they'll be true Israel. But there's going to be a lot of Jews that will reject Jesus as their saviour. So it's also judgment upon the unbelieving Jews who will reject Jesus as their Messiah. Now this is why this future time period is referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. The time of Jacob's trouble. Seven-year tribulation period. Particularly the last half, the last three and a half years, the great tribulation. We know that the Antichrist is going to make a covenant with Israel. Halfway through he's going to break that covenant and turn on Israel. What's Armageddon all about, from what I've just told you. Plus, Armageddon also marks the demise permanently of the false prophet and also the Antichrist. They're going to get theirs. And all those kings and all those people, all the countries that align themselves, that persecute Israel and go after Israel during that battle. Of Armageddon. Listen to the prophet Joel, chapter 3, verse 2. Preach a prophecy. This will take place. I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people. Who's God's people? Israel tells us that my heritage Israel whom they have scattered among the nations they have also divided up my land so Armageddon will be the final judgment on all people that reject God plain and simple. Listen to Revelation 19.15. Now out of his mouth, it's referring to Jesus Christ, capital H. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. These are the ungodly nations that come up against Israel. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Blood's going to be poured out just like grapes in a winepress. So, to reiterate, at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ will return to earth with the armies of heaven, that will include us believers, by the way. If you've never ridden a horse before, you will on that day. And they won't bite you and they won't try to throw you off and you won't get saddle sore. We're going to come back with him riding on a horse, defeat the forces of evil. Again, let's read Matthew 25:31. What did Jesus say about this? When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. What's he talking about? When he rules and reigns in Jerusalem, sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. Verse 32. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. So there's only two types of people in this world. The sheep that are saved through believing faith in Jesus Christ, and the goats, the unsaved, that have never received Jesus Christ. The sheep will go to heaven when they die, and they'll rule and reign with Christ when he returns, and will be partakers of the new heaven and the new earth. The goats will stand, unbelievers will stand before the God Almighty at the great white throne judgment they're already condemned because they've never received Jesus, they're already dead they've already died physically and they're already dead spiritually because they've never been made alive, they've never been born again and they will be thrown along with the devil and the antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire awful, terrible Now, when Jesus returns, the Bible tells us that he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem, just as predicted. Now, I'd like to... Well, let's just read the Old Testament first, and I'll go to the New to confirm, not that we need confirmation, because it's all the word of God, and it's all true. Amen? But the Bible does confirm... Do you have any doubts at all? Listen to the Old Testament prophet Zechariah 14, verses 2 through 4. A day of the Lord is coming. Jerusalem, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls, I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem and fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped half of the city will go down into exile but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations remember those nations that persecute Israel or will persecute Israel and the people of Israel and he fights on a day of battle on that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives East of Jerusalem, still there, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half of moving south. Jesus is going to return, he's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives. Now let's confirm. We've heard Zechariah, his, his prophecy. Look at uh, Acts chapter 1. And uh, Luke, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, who wrote this, he says, on one occasion while, this is verse 4, chapter 1. On one occasion while he was eating with them, that's Jesus, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, This is after he's been resurrected, of course. But wait for the gift of my father promised when you have heard me speak about. Verse 5. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Talking about Pentecost. That's when the church was formed. Amen. So when they met together, who are they? The disciples. Minus Judas. When they met together, they asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After that, he he said this, he was taken up, before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So he ascended into heaven, didn't need an elevator. Verse 10, gobsmacked, It doesn't say that, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said men of galilee they said why do you stand here looking into the sky this same jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven this is the important key verse Twelve, and they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives a Sabbath day's walk from the city when Jesus returns he's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives confirmation so let's wrap it up when Jesus returns he's going to set up his kingdom It's going to last a thousand years referred to as the millennial kingdom and he's not going to rule alone he's going to bring his church with him we're going to be with him we're going to rule and reign with him again read revelation chapter 19 19 we'll get there eventually so to reiterate to remind us once again of what we've already learned the seventh angel pours out the seventh plague of God's wrath on the earth. It'll be the final, the most catastrophic time in human suffering. It, it tells us there at the end of the chapter, there's going to be a tremendous, cataclysmic, devastating earthquake. Never be seen for in human history on the face of the earth. All the cities, imagine, all the cities of the earth will crumble. Imagine Springfield, Chicago, New York, London, Rome. Imagine all the great cities of the earth will crumble and fall. tells us that. The islands of the sea, they'll all be destroyed. They're going to be completely obliterated, flattened. The mountains, imagine, every one of them, including Everest, they'll no longer exist. You know, you hear sometimes uh, about these hailstones that come down, you know, we, we've all seen hailstones. And there's a big deal when some of them come down the size of a golf ball. Have you seen that? And sometimes, abnormally, some come down the size of a baseball, right? But imagine a a hailstorm, just one hailstone the weight of 100 pounds. There's gonna be a hailstorm with a hundred pound weight of hailstones that fall on this earth prior to Jesus' return at the end of the tribulation period. And people are gonna suffer through this and they're gonna curse God, it tells us, because they know he's responsible for allowing that to happen. But they had every opportunity to be saved. Prior to the tribulation period, and during the tribulation period they had many opportunities to hear the gospel but the majority will choose to worship the antichrist instead of worshiping the messiah and they all curse God because they know he was the one that made this happen which he will which he will so you know There may not be much justice in this earth. You know, people get away with murder, don't they? Some people get away with murder. Some famous people, if you've got enough money and you've got some shyster lawyers and you pay them enough money, some people that we know that will remain nameless, I had OJ for breakfast, they get away with murder. And there may not be a lot of justice in this world But one fine day, that's going to change. It's all going to change when Jesus returns and he's going to make all things right again. Just as how he intended it to be back in the garden when everything was perfect. He's going to make everything right again when he rules and reigns for a thousand years. So that basically sums up what the Battle of Armageddon is we won't have to go through that, believers. We're not appointed to wrath. Now, all of you that are listening and watching today, wouldn't it make sense to receive Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, knowing that if the Lord was to come back, you will go through the tribulation period. You're going to be left behind The church is going to be taken out prior to the beginning of the tribulation period, but you don't have to go through the wrath of God that will surely be poured out on this earth. Don't wait to get saved during the tribulation period. You can avoid all that trouble and all that stress and all that pain and all that suffering and all that persecution if you receive Jesus as your personal saviour. Wouldn't it make sense? Wouldn't it be the wisest choice to get right with God before judgment comes? Before judgment strikes you down? Which it surely will. Of course it would. Isn't that the wisest choice? I hope you make the right choice to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. He died for you. A sinner Why we were sinners. Christ Jesus died for us. He paid the punishment that you deserve. He took the wrath of God on himself that you deserve because of your sins and what you've done, what you've thought about. He took that punishment in your place so you wouldn't have to bear the punishment. Believe it and receive Jesus as your saviour let's close in a word of prayer Father we are those of us that are saved we're saved for heaven we're saved from sin and we're saved from the wrath to come we're saved from eternal separation from God we're saved from hell not because we deserve it, not because we're good, not because we've earned it, simply because of your wonderful grace that you showed us through your word. By your grace, we are saved and that not of ourselves. It is a gift from God, lest anyone should boast We deserve hell. And you had to come. You were willing to come and pay the price for our sins. You you could have said no, but because you were obedient to your father and you love us, you willingly came and suffered excruciating pain on that cross and died. And you said, it is finished, job done. Mission accomplished. God says it. We believe it. And now we are saved. And those of you, again, I hope and pray that you will humble yourself and call upon the name of the Lord to save you. And if you do, you'll never regret it. I promise you that, talking from personal experience. Amen? Amen. Well, again, thank you for tuning in. And if you like this message, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Thank you. Or Facebook. Give us the thumbs up. Amen? Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries,
1: please feel free to call the church
0: at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.